Now, as racing edges ever closer, gosh, it's exciting to say that now, isn't it? Uh, to the start of the Quick Fit British Touring Car Championship season at the beginning of August, lots of preparations underway and many of the teams returning to work uh, to make the final, final adjustments to the cars before we get out to Donington Park. And I'm delighted that joining me on the line is Zoe Timbrell, team manager for BTC Racing. Zoe, uh, welcome. You must be like a coiled spring ready to go now after all that lockdown yeah absolutely i mean it seems like such a long time since media day and we <laughs> haven't turned a wheel it's <laughs> crazy really but yes primed and ready we are now zoe your team manager at btc racing um which in itself is no mean feat because as we know there aren't a lot of women uh, in motorsport and i think you're the only female team manager is that right at the btcc i believe i am yes unless there are any new additions that i'm not aware of to the paddock this season i am yes it's strange actually it's something that was um we've discussed a lot over the weekend as well with um the inclusivity and motorsport thing as a paddock we actually have a lot of females in the paddock which is awesome there's always space for more um, and um, it's good that there are lots of role models for people up and down the paddock in various various roles, which I think is really good. I didn't realise when I first started that there weren't any female team managers. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Trailblazing for that or not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll talk about your specific role as team manager with BTC Racing um, in a moment. But mm -hmm. um, what's your background? How did you end up in motorsport? I went to my first motorsport race when I was fifteen, and I thought it was amazing. I had no idea that it could involve a career at all, and I, I saw, I went, I loved it, and I sort of parked it there. And then when I left university, I took a, a job working for a, a manufacturing company that made made bits for racing cars. And um, I so I actually found my love of motorsport through the engineering side um, by mistake again, really. Um, and it's been somewhat addictive. Um, and that's kind of how I, I you know, sort of um, worked in a paddock as a supplier for many years um, yeah. and then um, had the conversation with Bert about joining BTC Racing in their maiden year. And um, yeah, haven't really, well, haven't really looked back since. It's been, uh, it's been an interesting um, journey, that's for sure. <laughs> Your skill sets are, are wider than just the sort of motorsport engineering bits, aren't they? Because you've got a, a marketing head on you as well. Yeah, so um, the engineering company that I work for, I, I still work for them, but on the, on the marketing side, um, predominantly because I find... Um, I'm really passionate about them as a business, but also I really enjoy going into new markets and doing stuff. And I've, I've always done that with them. So I now sort of have a bit of a balance of motorsport sort of management stuff and motorsport marketing stuff, which has actually been quite interesting. It's kept me busy. I've been very grateful for it for the last few months, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got um, pit lane connections, haven't you? Which I know you've been developing uh, yeah. particularly uh, through yeah. um, through lockdown to bring people together. You've acted like the sort of the glue in the middle, haven't you, to try and bring people together? Yeah, I've tried. So when I first started my career out, networking was really important to me because I it was through getting to know people that opportunities became available. And when we went into lockdown and literally overnight, I could see people's work disappearing. Um, I decided to set it up as a way of, yeah, keeping people together, sharing opportunities, looking for ways to work together. We didn't at that point really know how long 
or what was going to happen. It was all very mm. much, well, motorsports sort of postponed, but we don't know for how long. And uh, it's been incredible. I've met some amazing people. Um, and it's sort of reached as far as we've got people in there from V8 supercars, IndyCar, NASCAR, F1. Um, obviously, the touring car representation is very strong as well. Thousands of people who watch motorsport at whatever level, um, many of them dream of perhaps doing what you've done, but particularly working close to their, their hobby and their passion. Uh, but it is a competitive and, and tough old game, isn't it? What what would you say were the, the sort of key skill sets that somebody might need thinking about going to work in motorsport and, and top tips for them really about how they might uh, start on that journey? Um, I think for my, one of the hardest lessons to learn really is just how it's challenging on many levels. Obviously it's a competitive sport, so it's challenging in that respect. You, you know, every every part of the team has to be performing as efficiently and as best as possible but also it's long days you have to be resilient um and it requires sort of managing yourself through some real highs and lows and unfortunately in motorsport the, the lows are unfortunately a bit greater than the highs um, in terms of frequency see so it's remembering those highs and using the lows to just push yourself forward and yeah i think i've just always said yes to any experiences any experience um or opportunities i've i've not shied away from and so perhaps sometimes i ought to have done I, there was a time when i was working for jobs and i think most people would have said that was too many <laughs> um but i think that that's all part of it it's pushing yourself it's that resilience and just pushing yourself is probably one of the most important things and not giving mm. up um, or letting someone tell you, oh, you know, you'll never make it. I guess there's an interesting balance, particularly in things like motorsport, which can be a, a seasonal thing. Some, a lot of people working in the motorsport industry don't necessarily work all year round for, for the same uh, team or the same people. And mm. therefore you get into that interesting area of being self-employed and freelancing yeah. and setting up your own business. And it, you have to be a really multifaceted operator on a business level, as well as yeah. delivering the skills that you've got. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the things that, um, that I hadn't quite prepared myself for initially when I went from being, you know, the security of full-time employment to working um, two days a week for one person and some time for another and and having that ability to bring it all together, to look after your accounts, to do your own marketing, to do your own, um, all your own admin, to be organised, to sometimes it's not easy to get out of bed you know sometimes that sort of stuff is is not quite so easy when you don't have someone waiting for you um at a desk to um on a monday morning so those are the sorts of things that i hadn't quite prepared myself for <laughs> but you especially with the seasonality is you get so used to in the summer and through the season you know being away lots and being really really busy and then it gets to the winter and the the days get shorter and the work gets less and there are no urgent deadlines really pushing you on in the same way. You kind of really miss that really dynamic environment that motorsport gives mm. you. 
in the winter it's it's so, it's so different it's so different to manage i know a lot of people who work in in seasonal industries like that often feel there's a big a big hole in their lives during the, the sort of off season or when they're not busy you get a lot of adrenaline from the motor racing don't you and then at the end of the season it's suddenly a come down and you need something to to fill that that gap in your life i suppose yeah it's so weird at the end of the season you feel this like huge exhaustion and all the adrenaline just you know you stop living off the adrenaline and it, initially it's quite it's quite nice because in a way you're sort of recovering but then you start to realize that there's like a bit of a gap <laughs> and there's no major pressure or you're not working towards something we i think in motorsport and i'm sure in many jobs you spend your life wishing your life away the next mm. weekend next race weekend next race next whatever um so we spend the whole season saying oh we're off to round two we're off to round three. Oh, this is the final round and then that's it and then all of that just sort of melts away and it's very odd um till you get to auto sport and then things start to the racing car show just start to get pick up from there really now your job as team manager with btc racing what does that involve well so i work for the team part-time so my role is predominantly event focused at the moment um and it is really from an organizational perspective making sure that everybody is in the right place at the right time um not breaking any regulations and essentially working as best together as we can be i mean in each team team managers roles are different all across the board but um the way that my role is evolved with um, the rest of the team is that mine is very much focused on a race weekend and about optimising those few days that we're there to best achieve our objectives, whether it's on the track or with um, sponsors or creating content or, or whatever it is. It's about getting all those fulfilled. And of course, <laughs> when we go racing again uh, in, uh, in a matter of a week's time, there's going to be a whole new raft of regulations that you must be having mm. to get your head around at the moment. <laughs> oh, a <Yeah>. big scythe there. <laughs> I, I literally, I mean, so because, say so we're off testing, um, at the moment, front and foremost of everybody's minds, I suppose, is how we best manage manage things, both to keep our staff safe obviously which is of great importance but also to ensure that we have no interruptions to um our ability to go after the championships this year yeah it's a case of making sure we're wearing masks at the right time ensuring we're social distancing appropriately how we manage our behavior away from the race team and how that could impact the race team itself it's been really interesting and motorsport's all about challenges and this is definitely a new challenge that I never thought we'd have to handle, but and I say it's changing all the time. Um, <laughs> well, you're laughing, which is a good, <laughs> a good thing. Is that a yeah. nervous laugh because you're not quite sure what to expect when we go racing again? I mean, I think we have everything covered um, for, for testing. I expect um, there may be some changes for um, when we get to go racing because everything is changing all the time and we can only do what we can do. To protect ourselves so yeah it's going to be i imagine when we all arrive at the circuit we're all going to be sort of walking up to each other to either shake hands or hug and then be sort of backing away going oh no we mustn't do that <laughs> um so i think that'll be quite it'll be quite funny hopefully everyone just stays healthy and we're all okay 
Now, three drivers at BTC Racing uh, this season. Josh Cook, you uh, you know very well, and you know all the drivers well, I'm sure. But now coming to the team is also Tom Chilton and uh, and Creasy, Michael Crease. Um, yep. What's the team manager relationship? What's your relationship with those those tr- three drivers going to be like this season? Three different characters, driver styles, and I really want to be able to support them in ways that helps them maximise their performance on track. So by representing the um, the team and the drivers and also the toker regulations just trying to meet somewhere in the middle mm. so that all um all can work in harmony very cringeworthy but um essentially just making sure that they have everything they need but at the same time that they do everything that we need you know with regards to um looking out for the team or doing things for sponsors or um, any media requirements mm. it is interesting and it is going to be different for each one because you know Tom's been racing for a long time and so what he needs on a race weekend is very different to what Creasy wants on a, a race weekend mm. and really what either of them wants is fine because whatever they want helps them go faster mm. as long as it's you know within reason <laughs> and then I will You're brushing up on your tact and to... diplomacy skills before <laughs> before the season starts I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> essentially like it's funny I mean I we had a chat I had a chat with um with Creasy and you know this is only his second year in the Mm. championship so it's very it's very different for him you know he had a cracking first year and he's got a big family and he's got loads of support and it's amazing it's very different to someone who's been in the championship for for many years who this is what they do um what he wants on a race day he wants to feel he wants to be surrounded by the people that make him feel like he can go faster whereas perhaps for for someone like tom it might be something different it might be um you know the right amount of food or the right types of food or you know just the right space to prepare for a, for a race so it's it's really interesting understanding their different their different needs at the end of the day whatever works for them that makes them go faster um and i'm happy really i suppose um i mean this year is going to be mega for us when we get going because we've got so much going on other times when as team manager irrespective of whether you're a woman or not you're the team manager it's the job that's important not what gender you are that you have to put your foot down and there are occasions where conversations get shall we say robust is that is that fair yeah yeah so um (laughs) as i mean i know it's something that i've I've learned over the years, to be honest, my whole career, I've, um, I've worked in, we'll call them environments surrounded by lots of strong other personalities. (laughs) And sometimes you have to, when you know, you have to stand up for what's correct. And certainly as my role of team manager, which is, I commit the race team to run within regulations at every round. So it's my responsibility to ensure that we don't break any of the the regs. And that is absolutely correct, because if you didn't have that, there would be absolute carnage, chaos, all sorts. And um, and so, yeah, sometimes that means I have to deliver news that's disappointing um, or that people don't like or agree with. But I do have the um, I am quite lucky when you're looking at, at regulations, they are black and white. And so it means that I can't, there's no, there's no negotiation. Hmm. Something is allowed or it's not allowed. <laughs> and so when I say it's not allowed, it doesn't matter what 
another team is doing or another driver has done. I'm not his team manager. So, um, yeah, it is interesting. And also, it's such a high-pressured environment. Emotions will always run high. I think it's important anyone that goes into motorsport just has to not be sensitive to to that sort of thing. It has to be able to separate professional and personal um, feelings because you might disagree with someone, but it doesn't mean that you're saying bad things about them. Do you see what I mean? Mm. It's That's always been... Um, that's been something that I've worked on over the years, not going to lie. It's always been the easiest. Um, but I mean, some of the some of my most stressful days ever in my entire career have been in the paddock, our paddock. Mm. Um, and they've not been in the last four years. So it was from my previous, but I still joined the paddock. So it can't have been that bad. Um, mm. But I definitely learned. I learned a lot from those days. So many women who work in industries that's where perhaps you don't always expect them to be, and perhaps motorsport's one of those, although you say mm. there are an increasing number of women in motorsport. So many of them uh, very often make a passing comment in that um, motorsport is a big family, yet there is still an element of them feeling that not that they have to prove themselves, but they have to just be perhaps a little bit better all the time. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, so I... One of the things I worked, I've worked hard at over the years is to not see myself as a female in motorsport. However, it's a really common thing, and I'm sure others would say the same. And I'm sure it's not intentional, but when you join, there is an expectation, or I think you have to prove you can do the job. Whereas perhaps if you weren't female, maybe the assumption first would be you could do the job until you proved otherwise. So yeah. instead of joining a team and people assuming that you can do the job until you proved that you couldn't as a female you kind of had to prove it first yeah i think um i do think it's difficult there is also an assumption i've found many times that people assume they know what role i do and they assume i'm doing a role but and then they're kind of a bit embarrassed when i say that the role that i'm doing because they don't expect to see me in this role. It's really bizarre. And that's always quite a challenge. I don't, I'm not easily offended, so it doesn't really matter. But um, it is the sort of thing that um, would put would put people off. I think at the weekend, at, in the Grand Prix paddock, because they'd restricted down the individuals that could attend um, from a team perspective, there was only 2% females in the paddock, which is mm. really low in the F1 paddock. I think we've got quite a long way to go, really. I I don't mm. think touring cars is anywhere near that. It's not that low at all. But I think as the the most watched version of motorsport, really, mm. it's a bit disappointing. It's not surprising mm. that um, people don't expect to see females in those roles. Yeah, I, and I, I guess, that you know, through the work you do, Pit Lane Connections, and you say you've been doing some amazing networking, you would like to encourage more women, more young uh, women who are thinking about their careers to consider yeah. all elements. There are so many different jobs within motorsport, aren't there? But, uh, but yeah. get them to consider doing what you've done, perhaps, or, or another area of motorsport. Yeah, I really would. I mean, I would. I think the thing is, when I was at school, I didn't. I saw motorsport as a sport, and I probably had at the time the interests in the subjects that would have taken me down an engineering route had I been aware of engineering as a thing um the fact that I didn't know it existed um 
says probably more about what it was like at school when I went. Sadly, quite a long time ago now. I'm sure it's not the same anymore. But um, I would I would love to see more more women giving it a go, and there being less. I mean, there is a really social media is amazing, and I think in these like since I'm not going to say the phrase that we say all the time at the moment associated with these current times. But social media is great, but there's also a really negative side to social media. And I think that's got to change a bit, really, for people to feel more confident to speak out on their interests and what they're into um, and feel supported. Because I do see I do see a lot of stuff that I just feel a little bit disappointed about. Um, And I don't think that helps. Um, Which just kind of further perpetuates this idea of things not being accessible. um, And... But I mean, absolutely. I think in motorsport, the attitude is very much that the best person should have the job. Mm, um, and for there to be more women in motorsport, they need to be more interested. And if they're not interested in the roles, then there just won't be many more of them. Yeah, I would love to see more. Obviously, you, as you've mentioned, you are on social media and you have a social media presence. Um, one of the positive things. Uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, I presume they can do via your your social media platforms. Would you want to give us that information? Yeah, absolutely. So first thing I would say, anyone that works in motorsport should definitely join Pitlane Connections on either Facebook or on LinkedIn. Both are really active, sharing jobs and networking. My personal um, handles on all social media is Timbers85, which is my um, nickname from school and uh, <laughs> a, a year, a few years before I was born. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Timbers85 and I'm contactable. If anyone wants any advice or introductions or, yeah, someone to talk to, I'm, I'm, always, I'm always up for that. Everyone starts somewhere and I've, ha- I've been lucky enough for people to give me a chance. Um, on a number of occasions so i'd be definitely be up for that zoe just finally um as i say we're back to work very soon uh, the season for the british touring car championship starts at donnington park on the first and second of august a truncated season uh, which will edge into the uh, the realms of winter and darkness by the time we get to november it's going to yes. be an interesting one isn't it do you do you think it's going to be really fraught or do you think everybody's going to be laid back what what, what are you expecting when we go racing again so i think in august i hope there's going to be some good consideration made by all about the fact that we have very little time to turn the cars around Mm. in between rounds because between travel days and returning to and from the circuit really there is very little time so i'm hoping for that to be a consideration i think august is going to be a real test of endurance in many ways just because there's so many rounds in such a short space of time which I actually think is very exciting for it as a new challenge. We all feel a bit odd. I certainly feel a bit odd. We had media day and then nothing's happened since. I think we're all going to be a bit on the back foot, perhaps. Um, I'd really obviously like to see um, all three of our drivers doing really well. And it's going to be great to see Josh year two in the car as well, which mm. um, I think will, given how his first year went, was is going to be really exciting. And obviously with Tom and uh, Creasy as well, there's lots for us to be excited about. I do hope that we've got, when you looked at the F1, everything seemed a bit 
everyone seemed a bit new to school that would be quite cool if if we have something a bit like that so that it's not the same you know i think that would be quite cool three very different drivers what you've mentioned just how are you gonna stop yourself from having a favorite well i mean (laughs) they're just three so different awesome drivers i think it's gonna be i'm really looking forward to it the atmosphere in the team is gonna be ace um We've like over the years worked really hard to have this really nice family feel, like a nice closeness to the family. And so and I think their personality is just gonna slot in so nicely. I'm really excited to get back to it. Um and I'm sure they'll all three be very very close to being just my three faves <laughs> what a fantastic answer um so it's been an absolute genuine pleasure to catch up with you and uh, particularly hear about how you got into motorsport and and your your view on on these things which is is superb as well so thank you very much the very best of luck for the season when we start to go racing uh, and i'll look forward to catching up with you hopefully at donnington park on the first and second of august so for now zoe timbrell many many thanks thank you very much look forward to seeing you at donnington